Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the beautiful studios of Relate365.com in the Northwoods of Wisconsin on the campus of Silver Birch Ranch and Nicolay Bible Institute. I always say beautiful. It is beautiful. I suppose it is. Right yeah. now it really is outside. Yeah, we're at the almost the peak of fall. We are. This weekend's supposed to be the peak. We have our men's retreat here. That's right. I always enjoy that. I think that because we're men, we pick the best weekend of the year to have them here. <laughs> that sounds very selfish. It does. Um, I don't think that's why we did it, but my wife keeps asking me that. You know, how come the guys get this great weekend? I mean, it's colorful. It's beautiful out. It's because it's colder. I know. I, I know. Think. But it is beautiful. Because it's going to be cold this weekend. It is. Chilly. But for me, I like that. Then every night I build a fire in the fireplace. And just look at it. And Have you had a fire yet? Yes, many. Really? Yep. Wow. Yeah. And Hardcore. with all the wood we've had, my wood is so dry. Yeah. Because I'm using, I have wood I, I stacked in the back of my little shed. I haven't touched it for five years. Yeah. And I keep putting wood in front of it. That wood's going to be there forever and never be used. And I'm telling you, it burns so nice. It's so, so nice to have little fires. Uh, someone asked me once how much heat I got out of it. I said, I don't care. I mean, I like the fire. I mean, I like building it and looking at it yep. while I read or, or do something. So anyway, no, we've had fires. I enjoy fires. The fire season, when it comes, I, I like it. Yep. Um, I probably have one every day if it's um, 40 or below mm-hmm. or, or 50 or below even. Yeah. Just for the sake of having it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have plenty of wood. Yeah. So that really isn't an issue. I can't even give away all my wood. <laughs> That's been a problem. That's I'm still working at it a year later, giving it away. Oh, you can give it away to me. Well, you. come get it. I, I've told people, come get it. Um, I, and some have, and it's still sitting there, some of it in a pile. That's right. Anyway, it, at my age, we go through different things. And right now in, in my life, um, we've gone through a, a period of life where we've just started to lose more relatives to various things. Yeah. One was in our age bracket, a little younger, uh, died of cancer. Yep. Both my wife's parents died, one very unexpectedly. We had just seen her, her, her mom, and we ended up having to, uh, we, we said goodbye to him. We had supper with him, and we went back to a room to go to sleep, which is on the same compound they were, and we got a call that she had died. Hmm. And so we had to go back, and Linda, my wife, had to actually tell her dad that her mom died. Hmm. Um, and I watched her do that. Yeah. Which is a very difficult moment for any child, I think. Uh, Linda being the oldest in her family, um, she was there. She was the oldest, so she just took on that responsibility. And it was really interesting to see her comfort her dad Yeah, at that moment. Um, I have really enjoyed, I, I have to tell you, I've really enjoyed watching my wife love her family in the last year. Mm. She would just go and love them, just go be with them, just tell, you know, and the cousin that, that died of cancer died unexpectedly. We were hoping actually to go see her uh, the morning she died, and she died before we got there. So we didn't see her, and yet she was very close to her. She grew up, and then just recently her dad died. Now, he was one that we were praying would go home soon. Yeah. Because his body had given out, he had Parkinson's, he really couldn't talk anymore. He was more of a prisoner in the body than anything else, but he, he was a healthy guy, he used to run all the time, and 
I wonder if you was thinking, oh, man, all that running. You know, I got to sit here and look at the walls now. Right, right. Because uh, his heart was just strong. And, um, but we got a call one night, and, and so we went down and were able to sit with him. And I watched my wife sit with her dad for about 30 hours mm-hmm. and hold his hand. Now, he can't respond at all. Yeah. But hold his hand and sing to him. Mm-hmm. Sing old hymns of the faith that he enjoyed. Yeah. Um, and it was so precious. I'm telling you, when I was watching these processes, I kept thinking those people in life who are not walking with God, who do not know God, yeah, you can't have the peace that passes understanding that I'm enjoying right now. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. This to you is tragic. Right. There is sadness when you love somebody and they leave for a while, and, and that's exactly what happens. They do leave. And that's what sin does. It separates people. It separates us from God. And so sin's a bad thing. But those who have put their trust in Christ, this goodbye is temporary for us. Mm-hmm. And one day there will be no more goodbyes. And once my father-in-law left his body, it was amazing to see. He was not there anymore, but he was cared for in the very presence of God. The Bible tells us to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord, if you're one of his children. Yeah. And so we're looking forward to a reunion one day. Before he left, I enjoyed just talking to him about what was next. I read passages about death. I talked about how God said, precious in the sight of the Lord are the death of his saints. Mm -hmm. We don't look at it that way. But God knows what he's taking us from. Yeah. And what he's taking us to. We can't even understand what he's taking us to. So we're people who look at that and go, you know, I, I was telling my father, we called him Doc, he was a doctor, and I, and I would just say, Doc, God's looking forward to this moment. Mm-hmm. And I asked him some things. I said, you know, when you get there, greet my parents for me. Mm-hmm. So I had a discussion with him about eternity. Now, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if he can even do that. Yeah. I don't know what you can do there. I just know that Elijah is in eternity, David is in eternity. Mm-hmm. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is there. God is not the God of the dead. Mm-hmm. He's the God of the living. Yeah. And those people are alive with him that are, are his children. And if you're listening today and you are not sure you're a child of God, that's number one importance in your life because you will always be afraid of death. You will always be afraid of corona. Mm-hmm. You will always live by fear of the unknown. Yeah. I have just as many unknowns as anybody else, Jason. Just as many. Yeah. The difference for me is God has no unknowns and he's my father. And I just go to him and say, God, I don't know what's going on here. And I can almost hear him. I can't, but it would be, I know, I do. It's all good. Yeah. I'll take care of it. You can't take care of it, Dave. You don't even know what's going on. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is really of um, the rich man and Lazarus. And Lazarus was a, a beggar, and, uh, and the rich man, obviously, was a rich man. And Lazarus would sit at the gate of the rich man and, and get you know, the crumbs, it says, from his table to eat. The dogs would come and lick Lazarus's wounds. And, and then there was a, a, a scene there where, God, where Jesus was describing, because he knows what eternity is like, he was describing what happened. And he described it, he said, um, What's going to happen is, what happened is the, the, the beggar died. Yeah. 
and he was carried to Abraham's boat. He was carried to heaven. That's where he was carried. The rich man, it says, also died. And there's a comma there, and it says, and he was buried. Hmm. The next phrase about the rich man was, in Hades or in hell. Okay, one was carried, one was buried. Mm-hmm. What's the difference? Some might say rich and poor. No, that has nothing to do with it. It has to do with Jesus and, and your relationship with Jesus. And if you don't have one, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Then there will be a comma in hell. Yeah. If you do have one, it'll be you're carried to the Father. Yeah. For to be absent from the body is present with the Lord. So, you know, one of those, it, it, I don't know how anybody in our world today can go through this life and not have a relationship with God that's real and not understand his love because every single person that is in your family and every single person you have ever met will die. Yeah. We don't know when, we don't know of what, but they will. Mm -hmm. If they're a believer, that's not your final goodbye. Mm -hmm. If they are, it is. Yeah. And so I want people to have that hope. I think in our our world today with so little hope, Mm -hmm. there's so little hope. Yeah. People don't want want to actually talk about the important things. You know, um, I remember somebody was astounded. You you go and you talk to your father about dying? Yes. Why? Because he was dying. (laughs) What do you want me to say? (laughs) What, What do you avoid it? Yeah. How do you avoid these things? Do you not address the elephant in the room? Yeah. No. By the way, you're not getting up. You know, I mean, you don't do it sarcastically or anything. Uh, do you know, uh, by the way, I'm, I'm not going into great detail, but there was a time in life when I was in a wheelchair. I mean, I've had a bunch of disabilities. Here's what I've learned. Mm-hmm. Don't avoid them. Don't avoid a conversation with somebody who has a disability. Mm-hmm. Don't avoid that. Yeah. Don't act like it's not there. Some people think, I'm just going to treat them like it's not there. Uh, you can't. Because it is there. It is there. Yeah. So talk about it. And they'll appreciate it, by the way, if you do it respectfully. Mm-hmm. So whenever I see a kid in a wheelchair right now, I will go up to him and say, how come you got the wheels? I mean, what happened? Yeah. Almost every time they, they, they go like, ah, thanks. And they tell me. Mm-hmm. And now we're buddies. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, obviously there's a problem here. Yep. What can I do to help you? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I got two legs. Can I do something for you? Yep. You know, kind of thing. I remember we were speaking to, uh, speaking to a group once and and there was a young man there i think you've seen this guy uh, i'm not sure but it was a weekend group so it, it's not our group and and this there was a disability he had uh, i don't think he had arms i think he just had hands um and so he had a shirt on and his hands were right there at his shoulders but he didn't didn't have a, the arms, arms to go with it yeah, yeah and so i'm speaking and and yes that's different than somebody who has arms yep. you know i mean obviously so when i got done speaking i i came to him and said man I said, how do you get stuff off the top shelf? You know what I mean? Is that, is that hard for you? Uh-huh. And he just looked at me and I thought, am I in trouble? And he goes, thanks for not ignoring this. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you know, thanks for actually talking to me. Because yeah. most people come and pretend like I don't have this problem. Yeah. He said, I actually do have this problem. I said, well, I know. And I'm glad you're here. And, I, you know, whatever we can do to, to make it work for you, I'm, I'm for it. Yeah. yeah, but I I do have questions because I'm a curious guy. You yeah. know, I mean, how do you do some things? You know, I mean, and he enjoyed just talking to me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we, we've had a friend up here that's six foot ten. Yes. And I would always ask him stupid questions. Yep. You know, it's like, I'm not pretending you're not six foot ten. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, how do you get through that door? And he just laughs at me and goes, watch. Uh, we used to have a joke. He, he said he lived in a dirty world. Uh-huh. I said, what do you mean? He goes, I only see the tops of refrigerators. <laughs> Talk about perspective, <laughs> yeah, huh? Yeah. He says, I never, I never get to see the clean part. I, I see the part that nobody cleans. Yeah. So he's, my world's always dirty. That's funny. And I thought, it is, and it's a perspective. So when he came to my house, I cleaned the top of the fridge. Rightfully so. Yeah. Did he notice? I don't know. It was one of those things where you're sitting there thinking, really? I never thought of that. Yeah. So I started looking up, like, what is up high that's got fuzz all over it? Yeah. You know, that I've never seen. Uh, The top of- uh, And you haven't cleaned it since, probably. No, I haven't. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody 6'10", come over, I will. Uh, But the top of, like, fans in a room, he was above them. Wow. Because I'm eight foot ceiling. Oh, sure. Got a two foot fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you're you're down a little bit, uh, one one and a half foot. I mean, he he could see the blades angled. He could see those. Yeah. Where you and I wouldn't. Right. So I I felt like just giving him a rag. Saying, hey, like, while while you're up w- there. While you're up there. <laughs> why don't you clean this? And you know what? The funny thing is, I'm not making fun of him. I could do that because I'm not pretending he's not six foot ten. Right. He's not pretending that I'm not who I am. And I think for us in life, I want to encourage all that are listening. Don't pretend the things that are going on around you aren't going on. Mm-hmm. Whether they be sickness, whether they be health, whether they be um, somebody that has some kind of disability, uh, whether they, whatever it might be. Um, I always, even if they speak a different language. Yeah. Um, and just talk to them and find out what the word is for high or something. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. enjoy who the people are. How do you enjoy who people are without trying to change them all the time? You know, I mean, your kids. Yeah. How do you encourage them to be who they are, keep them in line behavior, but let them, you know, become who they're supposed to be because they're all different? Yeah. yeah I mean, you just have fun with them and you acknowledge who they are. I mean, having three boys, we quickly learn that just because they're boys, they're all three different. And so you, you just have fun with them. You know kind of what makes each of them tick and you kind of know what makes each of them laugh and you kind of just roll with it. Yep. And I think that that goes the same with people. You know, I did, uh, I've done, been in youth ministry for so long and there's so much value in just getting to know somebody for who they are and not beating around the bush. Right. Because as, as you've said, 99% of the time the response is, oh, you noticed. Yeah. You actually took the time to, to notice and to comment on it. You yeah. know, I mean, whether it's a physical attribute or even just as you get to know somebody, I think the more you take interest into somebody, the more that naturally it's like, oh, wow. And I think we need to do that more often. I think we're not. I think we live, oftentimes we just stick to the superficial. And we have the flag above our shoulder saying, notice me. Yeah. Well, forget that. Right. Go there and notice others. Other. Notice. Right. I mean, the Bible makes it clear. If I'm going to live the way I'm made, I, I need to love God, which means to obey him. And I need to love you and other people, which means really make you successful at the way God made you. Yeah. That's what it means. So when I look at your kids, I need to keep looking for something in their life that I can say, that, that's who you are. I can encourage you that way. Mm-hmm. 
you know. Um, we mentor people in the Nicolay Bible Institute yep. program. Yep. And the young men that I mentor, and I just started again for the season, I just ask them questions the first time we get together. I want to know what are your interests? What mm -hmm. do you like doing? Yeah. What is it that God wired you to really think is cool? Mm -hmm. um, you, you'll like this story. We were, my wife and I were, were hiking Sunday. We went to the local, um, it's in Wausau, the, the little red mountain there, and we, we were hiking it just to look at, look at the, the trees. trees, the color. And so you, you, you hike up, you hike down. It's, you didn't it, take the chairlift? No, 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 no. We, we like hiking, so I know. yeah, we hiked. But they had the chairlift. They did, and bunch, it was lined up forever, and it's like, walk people, really. Um, <laughs> okay, 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 forget it. Um, but we, so we went up, we went down. I, on the way down, we saw these motorcycles going up, and they were probably 18-year-old, 19-year-old boys. Yeah. And they're on these like loud, 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 souped-up kind of dirt bikes. And they're going up, and it is so noisy. These, these guys don't have mufflers on any of these. Yeah. And they're doing wheelies on the way up. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? All of them. And everyone else there is looking at the trees, a bunch of old people like us, you know. And so they go by, and I just snicker. <laughs> you know, it's like, boy, those guys are acting like they're 18 years old. Oh, yeah. And, of course, there was a, there was a guy walking by, and he was about my age, and I just said, enjoy the quiet. And he's, he just was so angry. Yeah. It's like, oh, pff, I shouldn't have said anything. I, <laughs> I was kidding because there's something about an 18, 19 year old boy acting like an 18, 19 year old boy that I'm okay with. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know what? They, they'll probably flip that thing and we'll see him in the hospital or an ambulance go by or something. But right. they, they're not going to listen to me to tell them, don't do wheelies up Rib Mountain Drive. Yeah. So then we get in our car, we're pulling out, and these guys pull right behind me. Oh, that's great. And they're there, and they're, vroom, vroom, I mean, so loud. Did you rev your car engine? No, but it, I, I had all kinds of temptations. But, <laughs> but what was funny is I'm watching them, and now they're edging up, and they're coming real fast to the back of my car and jamming on the brakes so they come within like a millimeter of my bumper. Yeah. And that's the game they're playing. Yep. And I'm snickering again, thinking those boys, you know, if they hit me, they're going to be sorry, but yeah, you know, I'm not getting mad. They're, this is what they do. Oh yeah. That's and then, so we go, we're going to a quick trip, a gas station, they pull in right next to us and, and they take the parking spot right next to us uh -huh. while we're in the quick trip. And Linda comes out, she barely open her door. These stupid bikes are right next to our door. She just opens it a little, squeezes in and I'm still chuckling. It's like these boys, they're just boys. They don't even know it's us. I mean, they're not following us on purpose. They're not doing anything on purpose. It's just this is how these guys are acting Yeah. right now. Uh, one of them's going to do a wheelie at the wrong time, and they're going to be in trouble, and they'll learn. But, you know, guys my age aren't out there with well, loud for now bikes. they're invincible. Yeah, for now they are. Uh, but I think the, the point still is, I think there's some times in life where you would benefit personally from enjoying the development of somebody and where they're at rather than trying to correct them all the time. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think that really it's healthy for you to take a motorcycle and go within a millimeter of another guy's bumper. I, I don't think that's really a smart thing to do. Mm -hmm. However, I have two choices when they do that. I, I can get out of the car and lecture them and tell them how stupid it is. Or I can just think, what did I do when I was that age? Somehow I made it. Yeah. You know, and, and okay, I, I have insurance. They probably do or don't. I, I have no idea. Um, 
But if something happens, I'll deal with it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, at that point, from a legal viewpoint. But I think we have to look at people continually through the lens of understanding rather than judgmentally look at them. That doesn't mean we agree with them, by the way. Yeah. We can actually firmly disagree. I, I would say I firmly disagree with these motorcycle guys doing that within a millimeter of my bumper. I totally disagreed with that. Mm-hmm. But my role at that point, that's not necessarily moral or anything else. It, now, if, if I was related to one of them, they would hear about it later. You know, I would, I would talk to them. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who they were. Yeah. So I'm not going to use, I'm not going to give them the chance to stereotype me. Mm-hmm. as an old crabby guy yeah you know and that's what would have happened right. if, if i did anything so i i'm just kind of encouraging you anyone in your age group look oh, at totally. look at people for how you can make them successful take a stand on things that matter mm-hmm. i mean that really matter that yeah. and and be careful not to turn into a crabby old person um, because that's pretty easy to do because mm-hmm. um, you keep wanting people to understand you yeah when we should be the other way we should be trying to understand them mm-hmm. and uh, i tell you if we could create a culture where people keep looking at others to see how they make them successful it, it goes both ways though if yeah. i were to see those boys at the gas station and said hey guys really it's not that smart you know to do that if i thought they would be willing to hear that mm-hmm. i probably would have said it yeah I shouldn't think they would be willing mm-hmm. from a stranger. Right. So I didn't say it. But I, I think two sides. You both, you have to be willing to have dialogues. You have to be willing to disagree. Mm-hmm. And you have to be convinced, I think, that there's respect for each other. Yeah. And once you have that, um, I think you can go forward. So anyway, I, I find it interesting. I don't know how your generation is going to work on it, but I think we, we have to get back to uh, trying to make people successful rather than trying to be successful. Right. And I fully agree. And I think that's a struggle that my generation is going to face because we've, I think, lost the value of relationship in person, you know, uh, because of whether it be technology or, you know, and, and all that. And, and the current coronavirus doesn't help that either. It just no. plays into that problem. No. Um, and so I think it'll just be interesting as we try to take care of people and get to know people, you know, well, if everyone's looking, though, for what's in it for me, I mean, I'm in this relationship for me. Yep. I tell you, if, if we're self-centered, it doesn't work. I don't, I don't care whether it's marriage or a nation or a, a job. Yeah. If you're looking at it saying, this is really all about me, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. So that's step one. It's really not about me. Yeah. Um, I think it, here's how I can help you not be about you. Go out early in the morning, late at night, whatever you do. Um, I guess sunset is no longer late at night. So, but go out and, and watch a sunset or sunrise and ask how important you are in that process. Ask yourself, if I wasn't here tomorrow, would the sun still come up? Would it still go down? Would people still get in their cars and go to work? Would there still be people brewing coffee in the morning? Mm-hmm. The answer to all that is yes. Yeah. So then you sit there and go, so how important am I? Okay, good question. So why am I acting like the whole world revolves around me when it doesn't? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm living in a fantasy world if I act that way. Yeah. Okay, now you say, so you're saying I'm unimportant. I didn't say that. I said you're not important because the sun comes up. You're not important because everything depends on you. That's not why you're important. Mm-hmm. And if you think you are, 
know, that's one of the things you have to teach your children somehow. Mm-hmm. Why are they important? Yeah. Not because they listen to you or don't listen to you. Not because they get straight A's or they, whatever. I mean, that's not why they're important. So why are they important? Mm-hmm. If we don't deal with that, yeah, there's no hope. And we're important because the one who made the sunset, the one who created the world, the universe, he's the one who loves me. Mm-hmm. Everyone that's listening, you can go to Psalm 19 and read it. Yeah, Just read it. What God says there is, is pay attention. Mm-hmm. I made this creation because I loved you. Mm-hmm. It speaks for me. So pay attention, please. Yeah. And, and that's um, what each of us, I think, need to be able to do is understand my importance doesn't come from my not being in a wheelchair. It doesn't come from, doesn't come from people saying I'm a nice guy. It doesn't come from money. It doesn't come from comfort. It comes from God. Now, what I can do since that's settled, I can be around you and try and make you successful and not worry about whether I am or not. Mm-hmm. I can ha- make your kids successful. I can make the students that are in the MBI successful. I can, make, I can work towards those goals and not work towards making Dave successful. Yeah. And in the process, I'll be successful. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. Life comes from death. Purpose comes from losing self-centeredness. Mm-hmm. It, it, to most, it doesn't make sense. Right. But that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Especially the life from death. Do you know anything that's living apart from death keeping it alive? Say that again? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back, back the bus up. The, um, <laughs> the forest. Yes. Okay, there's a cycle that happens. The leaves in the, in the fall, they get full of sugar, they fall off, they go yep. to the ground. What do they do? They rot into the soil. Mm-hmm. That life, the leaf at one point was alive, it died, it went to the ground, it rotted, the nutrients from that leaf go into the tree. Yep, yep. Uh, animals die in the woods, uh, fish die in the lake. Yep. They go to the bottom, they rot, the nutrients from that go to the plants, the others, fish eat the plants. Yep, yep. In other words, the cycle. In other words, without death, there's no life. Gotcha. And God has said that. He said that's, that's the one thing in life that's very clear. Mm-hmm. So when you eat a piece of beef, there had to be a cow die. When you eat a lettuce, there had to be a lettuce plant die. Those things are actually living. Yeah. There is no nutrient mm-hmm. unless it was living. Yeah. And then it dies, and now it can keep you alive. Mm-hmm. as profound as that might be to some, that's exactly how God made us. Yeah. So if I don't die to myself, I will never experience life mm-hmm. because there's no life apart from that. When Jesus came to this earth, what did he do? He died. Yeah. He died to his rights. He died to what he deserved. He's God. He died. He died to all that, and he served. And then he died on a cross. Yeah. So he died. And from that, the whole world has changed. Mm-hmm. So somehow Americans, especially our, our Christianity, has become something that yeah. we don't die anymore. So right. anyway, we've run out of time. Yeah, unfortunately, we're out of time. But you know what? I, I just want to encourage you, you know, as, as Dave said, to quote him, you know, it, if you don't know why you're valued, if you don't know what is important, why you're important, remember that it's because of the living God of the universe who created everything by merely speaking it loves you and created you unique and special. 
This is Jason and Dave on Younger and Older. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you here next time. Take care. Bye-bye.